Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends. That actually sounds really cool. It's narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly. Every Monday, you get two new episodes. We'll take a look into soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode is going to focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode. Listen to Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends, wherever you get your podcasts. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. That is driven out the left center. Forget about this one. Drive home safely. One nothing walk off. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to the Mike. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. It's a walk-off. Holden Kushner, Ryan Spader, the ace of Spader. Hey, follow us on Twitter, by the way. Follow Ryan at the ace of Spader, S-P-A-E-D-E-R, and follow me at Holden Radio. Lots to talk about today, and we're just going to be going around the horn with a lot of different things, buddy. And I know that you told me you're going to just verbally destroy me because I like an article that Bill Shaken from the LA Times he has an idea where you just drive up to the ballpark when they're playing games. So there's regular season games. No fans are allowed. Why wouldn't you go into the parking lot, watch the game on giant screens, put some mics down there. I've made the mic part up and then you'll actually have a home field advantage, a crowd, an atmosphere. What's the matter with you? Why do you want to poo poo this? There is a reason that drive-in movie theaters do not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Syphilis. But that's the reason why. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just a terrible idea. Like what? It's this a thing great is so idea. phased out. It's so phased out. It's coming back. No, this is like kind of like it, it reminds me almost of the um, the Jets changing their uniforms back to the uniforms they had in the 70s uh, because yeah. it was retro and that's what's cool. This is a terrible idea. And it's in California. Who the hell wants to drive? to go to a parking lot in California. I do, because you know why? Because I want to be around, even if it's 2,000 other people cheering, I want to be around 2,000 other fans of my favorite team watching the team on a television, cheering, and the players can hear my cheers inside the stadium. No doubt about it, 100%. I am all for this. Just because something's extinct doesn't mean that it can't come back. Think about that, what I just said for a second there. Dinosaurs aren't coming back. They might. And uh, you're also the same person who said um, that you didn't want to go to the World Series. (laughs) Which year? Last year? No, 2008, I think. Oh, yeah. That was a pain in the ass. With the The Phillies? The Phillies one? Yeah. Oh, what a pain in the ass sitting in that town. And then almost dying because of a lit towel almost hitting me. Guy swinging towel around in circles. with It's on fire, and I'm going, what's going on? And I turn around, and boom. That wasn't good. But, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. I don't understand why you – I wouldn't do it. I'm not saying I would go, Spader. I'm just saying it's a good idea for other people to do it. I I, I don't know. i, I got to question your judgment of late because I think you also said the um, 
taking a selfie and putting it on a um, mannequin was a good idea. <laughs> when did I say that? That didn't is we a talk, good idea. Didn't, didn't we talk about that one? I don't remember us talking about it. Uh, that is maybe, a brilliant idea. Please tell me it was me that came up with that. No, a bunch of teams are doing that. So they can, they're letting, uh, I think the Giants started it. Yep. And they're letting their season ticket holders take selfies. And they're going to put them on uh, mannequins and put them in the stands. And then if your mannequin gets hit, you get the foul ball. See, that's terrific. I, I love that. Yes, I remember us talking about this. It's a great idea. A good idea to make money. And the cameras are going to be so bored, they'll probably show these people's faces up there. It's just a great way to make money. And you're telling me that it's a horrible idea. And you're crushing my sense of judgment here. I'm crushing your sense of judgment. I mean, everything is just horrible that has come out of your mouth so far today. Actually, I, I think we were talking about um, how funny it would be to troll and send in like pictures yes. of historical figures. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd send in a picture of Ulysses S. Grant. Right or well, then he would get torn down. Why he's a, he's a great president. Well, maybe he wasn't a great president. He was a great general, and he fought for the North. So relax. Um, yeah, relax on that tough guy. <laughs> I got I got I got to shift a little bit because last time you said I was a little too moderate. So <laughs> you're gonna shift back to get get I'm, over to the right a little bit. Yeah, I'm, come on, you're very conservative. You were very conservative last week, and I don't get it. No, you said I was very moderate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, usually you're very conservative. You were very moderate last time. I, I like don't to, think you're very conservative, just I slightly. like to think I fall in the middle. Well, no, you don't. Everybody knows that I do. <laughs> that's about it. You know, there's like very few of us that do. We're called moderates, and people on the left hate us, and people on the right hate us. It's awesome. You get 100% hatred. So the 83 White Sox, why the hell were we talking about them before the show? Floyd Bannister. So let me just set the scene here. So every time we do a show, my name comes up on our little, we got a recording screen and mine always says blue wire pods, but Spader got into this cool little thing. He brings up random players from the eighties because I know a lot of random players. And I said, Oh, Floyd Bannister. That guy was great with the Orioles. He's like, Hey, dumbass. He didn't play for the Orioles. He was with the 83 White Sox. And we got into a pretty good conversation. We might as well regurgitate that and go a little deeper into it. But um, this is a long time ago. And our boy, Christopher Comica, is his favorite team. 83, Tony La Russa, the manager of the Chicago White Sox. And they got future Hall of Famer, at least Carlton Fisk. Baines was probably on that. Baines had to be on that team, right? Baines was on the 83 team, yeah. And he was. And then Lamar Hoyt, who ended up having some drug problems down the line. That dude was a legit ace. Your boy, Floyd Bannister, Jerry Kuzman, uh, star of the uh, 1969 World Series with the Mets won. You told yeah, me he, he actually, was on that he team. Got, he got the last out of that uh, World Series, which I didn't know until recently. I didn't realize how good his numbers were in 68 and 69. I mean, if you would have looked at his numbers at the time versus Nolan Ryan, it would be clear that one of those guys is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and it wasn't going to be Nolan Ryan. Really? I mean, his, his ERA from 68 to 69 was 2.18, 52% better than league average, and he was averaged in 252 uh, innings per season. Could you go back and look at the FIP from back in the 70s? Yeah. Would it apply? Well, I'm just saying, would it apply today? We always talk about this. You were asked to do this, this, and this offensively. 
you know, you were asked to bunt, you were asked to single, just get on base. And you really can't judge those players very well from today's numbers. You got to judge them on those numbers. So would it go this, would FIP just translate through time? It's uh, adjusted by the year. So it's a pretty reliable statistic throughout history. I would say even more reliable than just regular old ERA. And his um, FIP during those two seasons was uh, 2.68. Wow. And I really had no... So I thought that it was the last season that he played. He pitched for the Phillies in 84 and 85. I do not remember him coming back or going to the Phillies in 84 and 85. And that's interesting because I probably watched the Mets and the Phillies 20 times that year. So uh, one other guy we brought up who's probably underrated. I think um, I think he probably hit that home with his relationship with the media. And that's somebody who didn't go to the White Sox until 1986. Um, Carlton. And... My favorite all-time... Uh, do you have to do the Spader stats? Oh, we're doing the stats? Gonna, Let's do it. Go. Let's go. <laughs> Steve Carlton special. Spader stats, stats, stats. What do you got, Spader? So in um, 72, the Phillies won 29 games that were started by Steve Carlton and 30 that were not started by Steve Carlton. 72? <laughs> yeah. The Phillies won 59 games that season. 27 of those victories were from Steve Carlton. And uh, uh, they also won two other games where Carlton wasn't in line for the victory. Wow. So I just pulled his stats up, too. It's really, again, it's just so bizarre how we go down these wormholes and end up on these cool oh, things. Oh, man, this though. is ridiculous. This. Yeah, tell me more about Steve Carlton. I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm at 1972 looks like one of the great seasons of all time, right? Well, oh, it absolutely is. And this is actually, it's funny to me because I'm looking at something that I posted on December 30th, 2014, and I don't really remember it. And it's like, I almost want to check my own work because I kind of don't believe it. All right, tell me about it. So Carlton had 27 of the Phillies' 59 wins. And again, he won uh, 20, or they won 29 of his starts. And he was 11-0. and when allowing zero earned runs <laughs> and 16 and 10 with a 2.88 ERA when he allowed one or more earned runs. Wow. That he was is, basically screwed if he gave a run. <laughs> that's, that year he was just, that was the, that was the problem, huh? Probably oh should have won 30 that year. Well, when was when did Schmidt come along then? He had to be there like the next year. So Schmidt came oh. along when that team was just horrible then. I didn't know how bad the Phillies were in the early 70s. I wouldn't Yeah, did you know how that. bad Schmidt was though in his That was his rookie season 72. He only played 13 games. Yeah, so that and doesn't his, count. So his uh 72 and 73 season, he played uh, 145 games and batted uh under 200. So they should have given up on him. I guess See, that's nice. You hold on to your prospect. You wait and he pays off. But just real quick, going back to the 72 season then. So back back then they're going 27 and 10. Oh, my God, 27 wins. 1.97 ERA and a 2.01 FIP. I just, to me, it always blows my mind when pitchers, starting pitchers, have whips, walks and hits, innings pitched when they have whips that are under one, like even like one is spectacular, but a starting pitcher to have less than a, a runner on base per inning for a whole season is remarkable to me. 
Well, my, my favorite ever, and this is going a little forward in time, is um, I think it was uh, MLB Stats tweeted out a tweet today saying the Cy Young Award was first awarded today in 1956. And um, they said, you know, who among them is the best Cy Young Award winner? And I always default to 2000 Pedro. His whip that season was point seven three seven. That's so ridiculous. He he would have led the league <sighs> in earned run average. He had a 1.74 if you doubled it. <laughs> so hold on. So he had a better season. That season is better than Carlton's 1972. Yeah, but, you know, throw any of them in the mix. You got, uh, I don't know, probably 10 seasons that you could bring up. I said Gooden. People bring up Gooden, Gibson. I think Gibson gets a little too much hype, though, because 1.12 ERA is fantastic, but it was the year of the pitcher, and um, I think the league ERA was like 2.5. 2.5. See, then you should have had a, a whip under one. Because, I'm going to actually pull it up. Well, Yeah, that's, that's just, to me, I love that. You know, I love two-to-one ball games. I wish I could have been there for the year of the pitcher. But I, but you talk about Walter Johnson. He had he had at least one remarkable season, I'm sure. The other guy is Koufax. So that five-year span, that six-year span that uh, Koufax, it is, it's really five. Five-year span that Koufax has. Did anyone ever have a better five-year span than Koufax, though? Because that's... I, mean, look I actually, I, if we're going to stick on the stats, I have yeah. some stuff on that. Hold on. On Koufax? I know for a fact I have stuff compared. Okay, that's fine. I'm just, Hold on. Go, go for it. I'm going to read some of these stats because they're amazing. So, again, ERA was the best way for them to, to look at how successful they were back in the day. But, you know, I'll throw some modern numbers in there too. So, Koufax in 1962, 2.54 ERA, 14-7. All right. Um, he strikes out 216 in 184 innings. So, his strikeout to walk ratio is 9.5. Or strikeouts per nine was 9.5. So he's about 9.5 to 3.5. So three to one strikeout to walk almost. His FIP was three. And then after that, here's his FIP in 62. 2.15. 1.85 in 1963. Then in 64, 208. 193 in 65 and 66, 2.07. He had a 185 FIP. In 1963, which was still the year of the pitcher, right? Like, still the era of the pitcher. But, come on, who had a better five-year span than Koufax? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. And um, I'll even go seven. Ready? You got Pedro Martinez, 1997 to 2003. He had a 213 ERA+, 113% above league average. Koufax's career best season was 190. Hmm. All right. I'm looking at some other stuff saying, God damn, this is amazing, though. And Maddox even had a, um, a seven-year stretch from 92 Ooh, to 98. One. Let me hear it. He was 190. So for seven years, he was the equivalent to Sandy Koufax at his best season. Wow. So there's more. Again, this five-year span is remarkable. I cannot, I cannot believe it. And the strikeouts, 382 strikeouts. 335 innings, and then the guy's arm fell off. So, Yeah, uh, one of my favorite quotes ever, uh, I think it's from Koufax, I can't remember. Uh, it might have been actually from, God, what's the doctor who invented Tommy John? Um, it's not Andrews, I can't remember. Yeah, Was it, it Andrews? Andrews? Yeah, I think it's no. Andrews. 
And uh, regardless, one of them said that like it had had this been discovered five years sooner, it would be called Sandy Koufax surgery. That <laughs> <laughs> would have been nice. Frank Job, the doctor, Doctor Frank Job. What oh yeah, you're right. Yep, brilliant was individual. What is a he, brilliant uh, man. Is he still with us? <laughs> I don't know. He's really old if he is. No, he, he can't be. He's really, really old. But then you had like Andrews come along and you, you don't want to see Andrews. You don't want to see Dr. Yoakum. There's just a few guys you don't want to see. So I, I have the um, 1968 ERA for you. Okay. Take, take a shot. What do you think it is? League ERA? Major League Baseball as a whole. Major League Baseball ERA. So you, I thought you said it was like 2-5. But I, I thought it was uh Okay, I'm going to say it's 2-3-2. Uh, no, it was 2-9-8. Oh, that's horrible. Brutal. Two, nine, eight. Let's, if you looked like at time of games, like every single one of those games is done in 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, I, and I've watched this. Like, I have um, watched a few. You know what it was last what? year? <laughs> what? Well, the ERA, what the ERA was last year? League, league-wide. Okay, 4.9. That's actually pretty four five one. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, all they do is hit home runs. It's like, you can't. So when they were throwing balls back in 68, it was lead ball, and they messed with the, with the mount. And now you have a rabbit ball. And the parks are a lot smaller, aren't they? Uh, These days. I don't, I don't know if um, that started shifting uh, before 68. Because I know if you look at center field from like the 20s, Every single park had like a 550-foot center field. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's ridiculous. And then you had all the new stadiums, the cookie cutters, like Veteran Stadium. But I think that was early. That would have to be like 70, 71, 72. That was I think it was Pittsburgh, 72. Pittsburgh, Three Rivers Stadium. There's another one. Um, so, and they all, were, they all looked the same, and they're all Symmetrical. pretty big. They were yeah. big. Wow, I can't believe they actually had a higher league ERA last year. Than they did in '98. Ooh, that's a good stat you just pulled up. A higher ERA last year than in '98 during the Royd year. What about '87s the other year? I'm interested in then. Ooh, it's got to. I I think it's going to be a lot lower. I, Listen, it's going to be lower because it was back in '87. It was in the '80s, but still compared adjusted to like the era. I've got no. It's right there. Four two nine. That's not good. No. Especially for '80s baseball. Four two nine. Yeah, 80s baseball was like th- four to three was a high scoring game. Here, re- ready for? Yeah. I'm going to give you the home runs from 86 to 88 just to give you an idea here. So, 86, you had 3,813 homers. 87, you had 4,458. And then 88, 3,180. 3,000. <laughs> I mean, Wade Boggs hit 24 home runs that year. <laughs> 87 is the wildest year I ever remember. Uh, ever. It was the juice ball era before the juice ball era. That was the, yeah, that's like the rabbit ball year. Don't talk to Andre Dawson about that. He doesn't want to hear that. He no. don't want to hear about it. No. Does he want to hear about the fact that he didn't deserve the 1987 MVP? Why? Who deserved it over him? Tim Raines. I've told oh, you Oh, yeah, you've told me that before. No, Andre Dawson deserves it. You just don't like Andre Dawson because he was on a bad team. That's why you wouldn't have given it to him. No. You're, you're I, old I, school. He had like a 
uh, 3.32 on base percentage. (laughs) That's perfect. That's exactly what we want in our sluggers these days. Did he really? Let me see. Hold on. That means he never walked. That's bullshit. Yeah, no, it was (laughs) 0.328. And he hit 287. Yes. That's pretty good. He never walked. No. 87. He was so he was so great that year. Well, they also 49. took defense into account, but Reigns was good defensively. The Hawk just had hours. he had the best arm, dude. That guy just. All right, here you go. Who, who led um, National League hitters in WAR in 1987? In 1987, ooh, National League hitters in WAR. I was going to go to the pitchers. I was just going to say John Tudor. Uh, 1987 hitters in WAR was it had to be Reigns. No, Tony Gwynn. Oh. And he had more than double Andre Dawson. Dude, there was a fight. Rick Sutcliffe sent it out there. And talk about 80s, like studs, 84, when he got traded from the Indians to the Cubs. And go look that up while I'm telling this story. Go look up Rick Sutcliffe's 84 with the Cubs. That's just about as good as it gets in a pennant race. Oh, yeah. We, we, we definitely talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we've one talked too. about it. He we got, probably he talked got, about um, those, yeah. Yeah, he got, he got uh, traded mid-season or something. Yeah. yeah, he was terrific. Absolutely terrific. And he almost won the uh, Cy Young Award, didn't he? Yeah, I he was 16-1. and 16-1. No, and he one. didn't. Oh, he, he did. Yeah. 16-1, and one, and it was a pretty good ERA too, right? 2.69. Yeah, so 16 wins in year. And he was brutal for Cleveland. Year. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah. Yeah, he was bad. Sutcliffe had a uh, pretty nice career, actually. He had a very good career. Yeah, he's got a Rookie of the Year, a Cy Young Award, ERA title. He post. There was a video that was posted the other day of Rick Sutcliffe. So Andre Dawson uh, was at the plate, and it obviously had to be around '87. Andre Dawson was at the plate. Eric Shaw was a pitcher for the Padres. Ended up hitting Dawson in the head, and. Um, uh, Dawson went down. Rick Sutcliffe came out of the dugout and charged Shao and tried to kill him. And then couldn't get to him. So Sutcliffe goes over to check on Andre Dawson. And Andre Dawson finally gets back up after like three or four minutes. And he asks Sutcliffe, he goes, Sutcliffe, where is he? And Dawson goes and starts running after Eric Shao. And finally... Shao ran into the dugout, down the tunnel, and Tony Gwynn was the one that ended up grabbing. I think it was it was either Dawson or Sutcliffe. I think he grabbed Dawson to stop him from running down to the tunnel. It was so a I, save for Tony Gwynn. I'm looking at um, uh, Sutcliffe's stats, and one thing that jumps out to me is the fact that he had, he had four homers and four stolen bases without being caught ever. And it reminds me of uh, my favorite... All-time Greg Maddox stat. Let's hear it. He had 10 career seasons in which he stole at least one base without a single caught stealing, which is the most in baseball history. That's awesome. Like, what makes you think of that stat? I don't what, know, man. You what do you, how do you find that? What are you thinking? I... I, I so here, uh, I've got a question. Speaking I've of done stats. better. All right. Still, but I don't understand the process. Your process is just different. It's good. It's, it's a very good thing. So I'm doing all of these um, previews for a sports betting site called uh, SharpSide. It's the SharpSide app. And they've asked me to write the betting previews on every single team. 
And my question for you is, I just love FIP. Like, I love fielding independent pitching. But when you're looking back at what a guy did last year, maybe even over the last three to five years, do you like FIP, FIP, um, XFIP, ERA plus, and why? Because for me, it's just easy to look at fielding independent pitching. Boom, we're not going to adjust to the ballpark or anything like that. Let's just make it as simple as possible so I can explain it if somebody asks me what FIP is. I use so, FIP. What do you use? I, I think you can use any of them, but FIP does adjust to the league average ERA for the year. So it's a very uh, reasonable statistic to use, and, and it is inherently in, uh, adjusted. But then what you're looking at when you're looking at FIP negative, I think there's a FIP plus, you're looking at it at a uh, 100 being average uh, and comparing to what the league as a whole is. And I think um, like Pedro Martinez in 2000 had like a 12 FIP negative, which is impossible. A, f- a FIP negative? <laughs> yeah. So, I know that's out there. I know it's all out there. But then you can also, what's crazy about FIP is if you l- use the raw statistic, you can have a negative number. And we've seen it a couple times. From being bad? No. Or it's, being good? It's a, you're just that dominant. And Pedro's probably one of those guys. Uh, no, I don't think it was only relief pitchers who have uh, the uh, negative number. I think Chapman did it one year. No, he was .89 in uh, 2014. It's ridiculous. So we're sitting here, you and me, hanging out. Uh, this will be released, so it'll be 13 days until the opening opening day, right? Has it hit you that we got baseball yet? Because it's two weeks, no. buddy. It yeah. hasn't even hit you. Isn't it bizarre? It just doesn't, just doesn't seem real. It doesn't. Are you a little bit nervous too? I'm a little bit nervous that it starts and stops. I'm just nervous. I don't want that to happen. That would be miserable. I think we have to be cautious about everything. And the other thing is um, that, uh, fun fact, um, my real job, I am uh, banished from the office for two more weeks. Good. Because of uh, somebody... Uh, Tested positive for the the virus. Oh, well, that's good for you. Hmm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you it's don't gonna... have to go into the office. You don't care. You don't know this person, do you? No, but it's going to be real bad if um, I go to renew my contract <laughs> in April and they say, well, you know, you're not really doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were saying ERA plus, you don't like it or you do like it? No, I do like ERA+. Plus. I like all the adjusted stats. I'm actually looking at Chat. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Chapman? His oh, numbers yeah. are incredible. I know. I just, I, when a guy beats the shit out of a woman, it just, it's like, uh, it just bothers me. It's, it's the main thing that bothers me more than anything else. Just, yeah, just I'm, excuse I'm, me. If you just look at the numbers, does he? I mean, I, I've always said this. If I, was a, if I was a writer, I wouldn't be a dick and... You know, use my own personal biases. I would just look at the numbers. But I do need to put a caveat. If you beat the shit out of women or children, you're done. So fuck Chapman. You tell me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. You shouldn't uh, beat women or children. Right, right. That's Everybody where, agrees where I, with that where except I, uh, for Chapman. That's where, well, Josh Hamilton too. Oh, that guy too. Oh, what a disaster. But yeah, Chapman. So we were talking about his, Like. How is Chapman, in all seriousness, how is Chapman not 
one of the greatest closers of all time. I'd like to see him with a sub one whip. You know how much I love the whip, but my goodness. He's, and he's back too. I really thought his career was going to be over after they won the World Series in Chicago because Joe Madden just rode him so hard. So hard. You, uh, and he actually took a step back the next year, a slight step back, but mm-hmm. he's as dominant as ever. You, uh, you love the whip, huh? Love the whip, buddy. Did you put that in your Tinder profile? Absolutely did. <laughs> God, I was just born. If I'd just been born 12 years sooner, I would have never had the 86 Mets. But God, I would have had so much more casual sex on Tinder. 12 years later, you mean? Place is amazing. 12 years later, yeah. Um, everybody's just been so pent up. They all just want to get out of the house. It's so great. So you and I both are looking at this saying, what the hell is going on? Um, we're two weeks away from the start of the season. It doesn't feel real. It's a bit bizarre. We might as well start talking about some teams, though. And I think the American League East is an easy place to start, or we can go to the National League East. Which East does Ryan Spader want to go to first? So let me start with the National League East because I saw a tweet from, I think it was Fox Sports, mm-hmm. and they said who's going to win the National League East? And my take on that is write every single team name down on a piece of paper, burn the Marlins, <laughs> and then put the other four in a hat and pick. That's your best shot. Just because we don't know what the hell is going to happen this year? I think this whole season is going to be nonsense. Well, we're, going to see, we're going to see something crazy like the Padres sneak in. I think they were 32-28 and 28 through um, 60 games last year. And the wheels kind of fell off. I mean, who knows? And all these teams are getting hit with the COVID, too. Let's not forget about that. There's some big players that are starting to go down here. So, Well, how about Marcakis? Yeah, he just He's backed out because his buddy Freeman. I'm fine with that. Seriously, man. Like, people just get so sick from this thing. And you just don't want to be that guy. It's not likely that you're going to get really sick. But if you are one of the people that gets sick, you just want to die it's just it's one of those it seems like it's one of those things and for months like a couple of months people just beat up so i get it i'm not I, i'm not worried about it i've been probably because i've been exposed if i am again maybe i'll get sick but i'm not worried about it but i totally get where some of these guys are freaking out one of his best friends he's hanging around his kids he's probably sick as hell looks like garbage sounds like garbage yeah i don't blame marcakis you got a problem with that no not at all i just think it's really interesting because um he kind of had a, I don't know, it was kind of a long shot to begin with to reach at uh, 3,000 hits, even if we had a regular season this year. Mm-hmm. But he very well may end up with close to 600 doubles and close to 3,000 hits for his career. And not playing in 2020 is not going to help those numbers. He has been a really good player for a long time. If Here's the deal. We go back to this. Like If he does get to 3,000 hits, he's still not a Hall of Famer. If he continues at this rate, just because he got 3,000 hits, we're going to put him in? But that was the thing for the longest time. Right, but is it anymore? No. I don't think it is anymore. No, I don't think so either. But typically, the only guys you see kept out are those who were associated with the PEDs or anything. When you you were working in uh, D.C., was uh he talked about? Because, you know, being with the Orioles and everything. Um, no, because the Orioles were just so bad for so long. It was the problem. Um, 
and let's see here, maybe in 2004, he was just a guy. He was like, he was like the third best guy on the team always. You know, he was a Rocky, was quiet, played, you know, he was a good hitter. And that, was, that was it. He's got a really nice career, though. One good double away from 500. Um, really, uh, really good defensive player. Um, in terms of defensive games at right field, he's led the league in, looks like almost a dozen times. And uh, his uh, career earnings, not bad. Hundred and twenty million. It's no Patrick Mahomes, I'll tell you that much. No, that. that Can you imagine making five hundred three million dollars? That's insane. That'd man. be awesome. Hold on, what do you think his father made pitching in the big leagues? All right, this is great. See, you're bringing it back. You are on fire today, Patrick Mahomes. What did he make? Hold on, <laughs> oh hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see here. Ah, um, uh, I'm gonna say that he made. $4 million. 2658000 How long was his career? Uh, 10 years, I believe. Hold on. Huh. Uh, 11 seasons he played. Yeah, well, if he's hurting for money, I think his, uh, his kid might want to buy him a car and a house and a private island or something. <laughs> That's I, so much money. I didn't realize uh, your boy was um, his godfather. Latroy. Yeah. Troy Hawkins. Yeah. He's, uh, he's his godfather. Yeah. Him and Mahomes were like best buddies in Minnesota together. Yeah. Hawk made a shit ton more money. Than... Hawk made a lot of money. Hawk's enjoying life, man. <laughs> Hawk's got a big old house in Texas with a big old hunting range. Oh, man. House in Texas, too. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking with him the other day, as a matter of fact, uh, talk about the twins with him and how loaded that team is. Oh, my God. Did he ever win a World Series? No. Troy, no. Oh, man, that sucks. I don't think he did win a World Series. No. Here's just some good teams, though. But he never did. And those early Twins teams that he was on, that had to be like Johan, Santana, and Francisco Liriano when he got a little bit older. Um, there were some decent teams that they were going up against. But he was on some shitty Minnesota teams, too. Never had a big league hit. How about that? Never had a big league hit. Nope. You know what's funny is I, I've, I've checked out his numbers uh, just as a reliever. And They're good. They compare with some of the relievers who are in the Hall of Fame. He was just so brutal as a starter. Yeah, here's the other thing about him is he had a tough time in Chicago um, with the Cubs. and Played a great year in 2004. Yeah, but the way that it ended in 2005, it was they were they were not nice to Latroy Hawkins. Let me just put it: Chicago was a very tough place for Latroy Hawkins. Um, they were all over him for multiple things, but I think a lot of people remember that season and just kind of like, oh, that was you know that's what happened with Latroy. So all my boys that are Cubs fans say that, and I'm like, dude, fine. You know he had it was an unceremonious. Uh, departure from there, but go look at what the guy did for the rest of his career. Like the, he was at Milwaukee one year and just was sizzling. I remember there was a Milwaukee season uh, and the Brewers. I don't know if they got to the playoffs or not, but he was a closer there. And yeah, they got to the playoffs that year. Dude, go go look up what Latroy did with the Brewers. There was one year that he was just spectacular. 
Hold on. Did I tell you? I may have told you this on um, when we were the best baseball podcast. Uh, did I ever tell you that I one time lost a um, huge bet betting on the Mets because uh, Hawk blew a save? And I tweeted him after it. I think it was this game, August 14th. Um, I tweeted him afterwards and said, ah, oh, man, you cost me my bet tonight blowing the save. <laughs> and he, he responded. He was like, oh, sorry, man. What do I owe you? <laughs> That's what he said? Yeah. <laughs> He's such a great guy. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. And then, I mean, that's that's the whole thing about closers, too. Could you, I mean, are you able to put things behind you so quickly? Like, because the, the next day you got to be on. You give up a Grand Slam home run when you're up 3 nothing. You blew it in the ninth. And the next day you just got to stop thinking about it. It's a tough mental position. Yeah, for sure. And I've heard both schools of thought that, um, you know, that closer mentality um, that it's not a real thing that it's you should play thing. by the numbers, but for a lot of guys, it really absolutely it, is a real here, thing. Here it is. Here it is. You know what? Our boy Ned Coletti told me this, and he put it very succinctly. Some guys are better pitchers the farther they are away from the ninth inning. It just happens. Okay, you can look at all the stats you want to, but some guys shit their pants when the game is on the line, and they're just more comfortable in other roles. So, again, there is still a human component to this game. It is shrinking, but there is still a human component to this game, and I think that's one of the things. If you ask just about any pitcher out there, they will tell you the same thing. There are just guys that are not made for the ninth inning. They just, personality-wise, just can't handle it. You know, I kind of wonder why uh, Hawk didn't really get a, a true shot at being a closer. He was always like a seventh, eighth inning guy. I don't know. He was a closer for a while. Briefly. Yeah. I mean, I think his most saves in a season, what, 23, 25? It's not bad. I mean, it's not 61. (laughs) Well, it isn't 61. You're right. Fine point you make, sir. uh, It's funny because I'm looking at his uh, stats Mm -hmm. as a reliever and a starter. He almost had twice as many innings pitched as a reliever than he did as a starter. But huh. he allowed fewer earned runs. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how some of those guys uh, I don't, hit their stride in a certain way. But they kept trotting him out there as a starter. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen because I feel like I'm trashing the dude a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. No, nah, he, he was a great relief pitcher. Just... I wish they figured it out sooner. Yep, no doubt. I mean, I don't even remember him as a starter, to be honest with you. I I only think of him as a reliever. But real quick on the National League East, since I brought it up and we do need to talk about teams that are Uh, are playing right now. Went off the rails. Um, (laughs) So I'll let you get into the Phillies because it's a 60-game season. I know it's tough to prognosticate here. I just don't like the Phillies to finish 500. Um, and they have not finished better than 500. What I asked you, I told you the other day, 2011 was the last time they finished over 500. That's a long time. 102 wins, I think they had that year. And they were 81 and 81 last year. (sighs) I mean, I'm just, listen, Nola and Wheeler, beautiful. That's great. Arietta's arm's about to fall off. Um, Their bullpen completely sucked. 
Ho- just horrible. And um, I just have a hard time believing that Girardi is going to be the guy that pushes this team over the top. Uh, what you're telling me is you don't think Girardi is the guy. It's exactly what I just told you. <laughs> I actually think he's not a bad manager at all. I just don't. I don't see the. I don't see synergy there. I don't. I don't see the whole being great of the, of the some of those parts. It's just not there. So what? What do you think of? Um, I know you covered him for a while in DC, but what do you make of Harper? Like, is he a superstar or not? He is a superstar. If, here's, how, here's how I look at his career. What if he wasn't on Sports Illustrated? What if? I mean, he, yes, he ate it up and he loves it, but what if he wasn't? You know, what would well, we he still had the 2015 that? season, which was, just, one of the, it was one of the best seasons in baseball history. That was an amazing – I covered that team that year. It was one of the most amazing seasons I've ever seen by a position player. Obviously, it was Barry Bonds, but the guy had – what was it? The OPS Plus was almost 200. Yeah, 198. 98% <laughs> above league average. <laughs> that was such a great year. Yeah, he's a star. Come on, man. He's hit, he's hit, He's probably hit about 70 home runs the last two years, too. So, yeah, I think he's yeah. here. I just got it. It's 30 – no, that's double. 69. 69. So, yeah, man, this guy's a really good ball player. How old is he? Maybe 27? 27? He's going to be 28 this year. Give me a break. Guy's got another six, seven years in his prime. He'll get to, you know. Well, if he's going to DH now, home runs, you know. Yeah, he'll get to 500 home runs. Do you think he goes into the Hall of Fame as a Phillies uh, yes. player if he's, or if as he's, a Nationals? If he spends almost all the contract there, yes. Was 10-year deal? It's 13. 13-year <laughs> deal, yeah. If he, if he spends, I bet you if he spends eight of those years, then he's going in. Eight I don't, or nine years. I don't think there's any way that he leaves the field. I think he has a no-trade clause. That was Right, he has a no-trade clause, but he could be like, all right, we suck for three years. I need to win a World Series finally. Get me out of here. So that could happen. He'll be 40. Yeah. Like, even 40 years old is not – you could still get pay a guy at 40 years old. He could be productive. This guy's just a beast. I actually have a pretty cool stat on Harper, and I just thought of it. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Um it's a Bryce Hart. Here you go. Um, 37 years, seven months, 21 days. That was the age of Pete Rose when the Phillies signed him to a record deal. 38 years, 11 months, and 15 days. So 15 months older is the age approximately of Bryce Harper when his deal expires. Hmm. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, especially yeah, in that I band box out so there. Too. He's going to end up having a 50-homer season. He's got to. I would think he'll have more than one 50-home-run season. I mean, I, what, do you, it, what do you have, 35 it, last year? Yeah, Yeah, wasn't that kind of an adjustment year for him, too? I don't know I, if I put much stock into that, man. I don't know, man. It was, you know, he went from Washington where he just ran the fucking place. He didn't have to talk. He didn't do anything that he didn't want to do there. And then yeah, he Philly's to, a lot tougher. You're right. It's, yeah, he's not getting away with stuff. The, he, did, he got off to a slow start, if I remember correctly. Now, he, he was off to a fast start very early on, but and then, then he, he sh- crashed. Like, shit the bed. And they were booing him left and right. You know what never and happened? He was, like, I de- he was like, I deserve it. <laughs> you know what never happened in D.C.? Never, he, he, I don't think he ever got booed. His last 39 games last season, 
13 homers, which yeah. is 55 homer pace. Yeah. Um, nine stolen bases, which is 38 stolen base pace. 299, 384, 642. How many home runs do, how many players do you think get to double digit home runs this year in 60 games? Oh, man. Because you really can't start off slow. Like, if you're normally a guy that struggles in the first month of the season, maybe it's because you don't like the cold, but. Yeah, but you got to think of the reverse, too. What? Guys who just start off fast and fade away. Look at, I think Bellinger won the MVP, right? Great and point. it was all because it's all because he started off um, quickly. Hey, but and then it could be anybody. That's the other great thing about that. It literally could be anybody. Pick a scrub, and if a scrub has a good month, five weeks, boom, he's right in the mix. I would bet right now. I think we're going to get more guys with double-digit home runs this season than we had guys with the equivalent over 162 last season, which was 27. More home runs. Just Well, they're playing in, in hot weather. They're not going to change the ball, are they? There's no way they can change the ball, not with a short season. They got Everybody's got to stay engaged with that. I have no clue about that anymore. I also am lost on the Astros bullshit. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is going to win the home run title this year. Uh, I wonder what he's playing at. You can probably get some good odds there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hit 49 home runs last year. Hey, speaking of odds, and I know you love uh, doing the gambling stuff, uh, I actually saw a funny article from a um, good friend of the show, Darren Ravel, mm-hmm. <laughs> on uh, John Smoltz betting on himself to win um, the American Century Championship golf. Ooh. He had 30 to 1 odds. And it wasn't released how much money he um, put on himself, but he bet on himself. Did he win? Did it happen yet? No, it's it, they didn't play yet. Oh, I am not uh, the golf guy. Can't watch it. Can't even play it very much anymore. You golf guy? Uh, I can hit a ball pretty well, mm-hmm. but as soon as I get close, I suck. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just too frustrating for me. And Yeah, I get really frustrated myself. I like... Um, Usually, I'd be more inclined to play nine holes because yes. by the time I get to 10, I'm just so hammered and frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it was fun when I used to chew because it's just like baseball. It's slow as shit, you know, and you get a nice little buzz, maybe have a beer, smoke a joint or something, and then you just walk. I can't do it anymore, though, because now I'm just too stressed out. I don't like doing stuff that I'm not good at anymore. It was fun. Now I've got a i got to consolidate things. He's still trying to get laid. Hey. <laughs> it's going well. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You just laid it up there for me. I did. I did lay it up for you. Anything else you want to get to or can we get out of here? Or do you no, want to get um, out of here? I'm, I love doing the show. I don't. Yeah, this is great. Anything else? Well, we have a couple guests coming up. Oh, I'm who? excited about. Uh, we're going to have Trevor Bowers, agent on Wednesday. We're going to have the agent on. Yes, Rachel Luba. Okay, and uh, what who, do we talk to her about? Uh, that is uh, to be determined. Okay. But she's a pretty interesting person, very nice. So I, I think we could probably have a good conversation. Good. Maybe I'll check out one of her shows with, um, she does a show with that uh, other, Jessica Kleinschmidt. I'll check out one of their who? shows. Klein, the, um, Jessica works for the Oh, uh, they do a athletics. show together? Yeah. So an agent and a 
sports writer. Yeah, I, I, I that's guess it's cool. It's very different, I'll say. I'll have to, what do you mean? What does that mean? Well, it's like unheard of. You don't typically have agents doing shows with beat writers. Great point. <laughs> that's a good point you make. Touche. And then um, I want to have, uh, I don't, I, technically he was your coworker, Glenn Macknell. Oh. He was? Well, he oh, just because we worked, he for worked CBS. for Intercom at the same time. Yeah, and um, he uh, has been uh, helping me out along the way, and uh, I just think it would be funny because I used to call into his show all the time as a caller, and he would hang up on me. <laughs> I'm trying to think. He, was he the midday guy up there? Yeah. Okay, so I had him time. on a yep. couple of times. I think it was him. Um, I think it was him because anytime the Redskins would play the Eagles, we'd do crosstalk up there, and I'd always try and right, bait right. whoever the host was, and he just didn't want to talk shit. I'm sure you probably talked to uh, Cataldi a bunch of time. Cataldi, that's who it was. Angelo. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah, he's a love or hate if you're from Philly. <laughs> <sighs> so that's our two guests next week. I like it. Yeah, and then we have a couple other people we're going to try to I like it a lot. Well, I got I got to hammer down the time with Lisa Ann cuz she's doing her baseball. Uh, she, she's all caught up on baseball. Like she's ready to go. All right, sweet. And I enjoy talking sports with her cause she actually knows her stuff. I know and it's been tough for her. I'm sure to some regard to try and make it as a legitimate like sports analyst and stuff just because of what she's been doing. But what, she what had she been doing? Porn. <laughs> the sex. The sex. Yeah, the sex. And I thought she did a wonderful job at that. And she's done a very good job at the fantasy <laughs> thing, too. Uh, I, I, to, to be honest with... Yeah, we don't need to go down that wormhole again. So I'll just stay away no. from it. All right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last thing. Did you yes. see that... Um, did you see that video I shared on Twitter of that chick just absolutely raking? No. You got to check it out. It's amazing. I've, All right, so it's a girl it, just it, hitting home is, runs? Yes, and it, she's like a man. Really? It's like watching Manny Machado swing. It just home run after home run. And uh, then I, I figured she was like playing in college or something. No, she's 17 years old. Oh, my God. And I'm telling you, every single swing is a homer. Good for her. Yeah, you got to check it out. I'm tr- I got to get. I got to start playing baseball more with my boy because I haven't. He's two and a half now, and he really he can hit the ball off the tee, but he hasn't been as good at catching. So I'm trying to get him to go there. Is he afraid of the ball? Uh, maybe a little bit. You know, uh, I'm having the same problem with uh, Zoya. She's with your you know, girl. She she, yeah, she doesn't like to catch it. <laughs> She can she can bring a little bit of heat, but does not like catching really? the ball. I don't blame her. She kind of looks away every time. I got to tell you, I was a little intimidated of the baseball when I was younger. I never wanted to get hit by a pitch. I was so friggin' skinny, though. If the ball hit me, like, it could break a bone. I was emaciated. I was so skinny growing up. But yeah. I was afraid of the ball. I hated hitting. That's why I wanted to be a pitcher. That's just, I hated going to the plate because I didn't want to oh, get hit. Oh, man, but there's nothing worse than getting one up the middle. See, I just, not me. I'd rather bunt and then just go pitch. Uh, yeah. Nothing nothing worse. I don't know if you uh, ever played softball, but your 
15 feet closer to home plate. And when you're pitching and somebody goes up the middle, you're done. So I passed up sex two times in high school. I just wasn't ready. But (laughs) one of the times I passed it up. So, yeah, I had to have been like 15. So um, we were playing (laughs) JV baseball. Listen, listen, listen. So not not a good start. (laughs) Why? Why? Playing JV baseball, I passed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we went out all day. As this, her first name was Jen. She was like the the family was the richest family out there, and she was um, she was fifteen too, but she didn't have a driver's license. But she drove her dad's like fucking Land Rover or something like that. And I remember going out. We went to the beach, and in Chicago, the beach is just a little plot of sand that's on Lake Michigan. And we went all day, and she's like. She's like, if you come home with me, I will have sex with you. And I'm like, and, and all that is when you're 15 years old is all you're doing is dreaming of having sex. So I think subconsciously I was just nervous and I didn't want to do it. But I told her I had to go play in this game. And I didn't have any hits that year. I was just a pitcher. I would go up. I would, if I was at bat 40 times that season, I might have gotten three hits. And two of those hits came in the game where I passed up sex. They were both triples. And I pitched two shutout innings. And I got to tell you, I don't regret it. It was the right move. That is a 075 batting average, my friend. Yeah, but that day, <laughs> talk about you, talk, I guess you had. I guess you had the test pump in that well, Yeah, what was my... <laughs> <laughs> I was juiced. Naturally juiced. Dude, I had two triples. What is that for slugging you know, percentage? You, you know what this reminds me of? Um, do you remember the episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza swears off sex and then he, he goes he goes and yes. uh, takes BP uh-huh. with the Yankees uh-huh. and Derek Jeter and yeah. stuff? <laughs> that's that's what this is. Well, I'm just saying that's what that was. It was I turned it down and I've never forgotten that day. It was a wonderful day. It was a it was a one time offer, and that was the end of it. Well, this was a walk off. Huh? <laughs> What's that? I said, "Well, this was the walk off." I don't know. How, we always end up going on. Yeah, we tangents. do. We do. The other time it's, was a girl named Jenny Boston. It's great. Uh, I didn't go. You over got to a her thing for either. girls named Jen. Really? Oh, that's right. Both of them. I've never put that together. All right, Spader. Wonderful doing the show with you again, my friend. Let's uh, take a few days off, catch up. Sunday we'll do another show. We got an agent, correct? Yes, uh, we're gonna. No, she's gonna be on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Glenn said he'll um, give us some time on Sunday. Glenn Mack now, and we can we can preview the Phillies with him. And, is and there you, can, any, you can rip me up a little bit about you want me, me to just bust balls. I, well, I, I mean, I used to call into his show all the time. Yeah. I, I was one of those. Oh, man, you did radio long enough that yeah, I was one of those dudes who would call in with a moniker. Oh, you're just a loser. Uh, yeah, that's I what was. we call it. You're a loser. I, I would call in as Dr. Burl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it right. was uh, Glenn Macknell and I want to say uh, Anthony Gargano. And um, Gargano thought it was the funniest bit in the world. And he would always, he had that one of those like classic radio voice. He'd be like, we got Dr. Burl on the line. <laughs> and then uh, Glenn Macknell would be like, oh, I don't want to talk to this guy. See, that's how I was usually. With the regular callers, it was just like yeah. Jesus 
fucking the funny, don't care what you think. Just the, the funny thing. Up. The funny thing about all of it is, I do a regular segment with Matt now now during oh, uh, base during baseball season, and I talk exactly about the same things I tried to talk about ten years ago. And does it work? Yeah, he, he loves it. That's terrific. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. It's a real dream come true. Your dream yeah. was to meet Sports Talk Radio host. So apparently. Five-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, give us a five-star rating. We'll catch you next week on The Walk-Off.